You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. The Buffalo Bills exercised a couple of years worth of demons against the Titans and beat them down 41 to 7 on Monday Night Football. So it's time for my Buffalo Blues. Hello everybody out there in Bills Mafia and everybody in between. It's always nice to step in the booth and do one of these shows on Victory Tuesday, apparently. Uh, I'm still dealing with COVID. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. It isn't great. Uh, I don't know what happened. It's been about nine days. It's still hanging on in the sinuses. Uh, I mostly feel okay, but I'm going to try and keep this as much uh, of an abbreviated show as possible, uh, just because I don't know how long I can talk for. I got a nice hot glass of tea, though, and we're going to work our way through this. Uh, I don't, there's not a ton to talk about, um, other than the Bills were completely dominant. I do want to say, to start the show, I read this morning that uh, Dane Jackson was released from the hospital, which I'm very glad to hear, because that was a scary, scary hit that he took last night, um, little friendly fire from, uh, Jermaine Edmonds, and of course he's not intending to do that at all, um, but still just a scary sight, uh, neck injuries are always terrifying, and just on a hit like that, uh, you never know, and it kind of puts it into perspective that, you know, football is very fleeting, and off the field, uh, all these guys have lives, and I just, I really hope that Dane is okay. Uh, I heard that he had movement uh, in his arms and legs and hands and feet, so all that is good. Uh, Regardless, it's probably an injury that they're not going to try and uh, rush him back from, even if he is okay. I heard the x-rays and the CT scans came back negative for any structural damage, so that's, of course, something that is uh, very good to hear as well. And... You know, anytime there's a neck injury, especially in a Bills game, takes me back to, uh, I don't want to mess his name up, but I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Everett. He was a rookie drafted tight end out of Miami, and he kind of took like a weird neck injury on the opening kick of opening day, and that was the end of his football career. And thankfully, at the time, I believe... uh, Ralph Wilson or the Wilson family had some close ties to a medical center in Buffalo that specialized in spinal injury and they were able to get uh, Everett isolated and taken care of and he ended up walking back out onto the field uh, not to play but to I think introduce one of the games a couple of years later um, so I hope that relationship between the Bills and whatever medical organization that was uh, is still intact and again, I just wish Dane all the best because 
as I have my notes up here, um, I had put in my notes, like, Bane was playing an excellent game. Uh, he had shown himself to be a very, very capable corner so far uh, in all of his starting roles when he filled in for Trey last year. It's like, yeah, he was a rookie, but played some very, very good minutes uh, last season and came out and was essentially the number one corner this year for the Bills and had played very well this season as well and actually got hurt uh, on a play where he was making a tackle. Um, and it's just one of those things. So, you know, hopefully he's okay and uh, hopefully we get to see him back on the field at some point because uh, he's a really good young player and from everything the coaching staff and the players have said he's a really good guy too so first and foremost uh, you know I'm, I'm pulling for him and my thoughts are with him and his family as we get into the game here um, I don't know exactly if I'm gonna go through all the play-by-play -play stuff here it was such a one-sided game there's not a ton of stuff for me to look at and uh, you know, nitpick or uh, diagnose too closely here, um, but I'm gonna look at my notes and I'm gonna try and uh, reconstruct the game flow as best I can uh, based on the notes that I have here. And from there, I will uh, I'll probably fill in more of the detailed stuff when I do the uh, the written breakdown of this. Uh, show. I've, I've always done it written and I started podcasting it, but uh, I think in terms of the, the more detailed stuff, I'm going to keep it uh, to the written portion so that I can spend as little time having to talk here as possible, but still covering the things that I want to cover. So uh, the Bills get the ball first in this game, and one of the things I notice immediately is that uh, obviously with Gabe Davis out, there was a lot of questions of who's going to fill in. Um, who's going to absorb those targets. And the answer was really not anybody in terms of targets. Um, they just threw the ball to Diggs a lot more. But in terms of uh, snap count, that was touchdown Jesus, first down Jesus, special teams Jesus, whatever you want to call him. Uh, that was Jake Kumaro. And that tells me that aside from Gabe Davis, Kumaro is the best blocking receiver uh, that the Bills have and I like that Allen said he's deceptively fast he did catch some balls in this game he had a couple good catches um, but you want him on the field a lot and I saw it in the Rams game too where uh, Davis was on the field a lot uh, with whatever the receiver grouping was because he is the best blocking receiver so that's kind of where uh, Kumaro filled in in this game and uh, before the game Tommy Sweeney was ruled out as well so your best pass blocking uh sorry your best run blocking tight end out as well so two of the pivotal run blocking pieces on the edge for the bills offense were both out to start this game and that is kind of why i saw what i saw from the play calling and from the overall uh game plan design here because the Bills ended up running the ball 24 times, but a lot of that came uh, when they were well ahead. More than, well, about half of that. James Cook had 11 carries. I think one of them was earlier in the game, and then he closed it out. So realistically, 10 carries from Cook to close out the game in a game where they had run the ball maybe 13 times to that point. So uh, the Bills were looking to 
throw the ball more than they probably would have been had they had some of those other pieces in place. They were not able to play a lot of uh, two tight end sets. They weren't able to play a lot of uh, two receiver sets that they wanted to play or that they did play in the first game. And you couldn't really run the ball as effectively from some three receiver sets without uh, Gabe on the field. But it'll be interesting to see how that uh, progresses as the season goes on. If uh, Kumaro and Davis are on the field together in some sets with maybe Dawson Knox, uh, maybe Diggs out there. And then that's a really hard formation to defend with two really good edge blocking receivers, maybe a tight end and your number one receiver. Uh, the Bills can do a lot of things from those looks. So that's something that I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, there was a play early that got a little screen pass to Reggie Gilliam and it kind of got blown up. Uh, he just avoided a tackle in the backfield and made the most of it and uh, took it to the house. It, it was a play that Tennessee actually had eyes on. Um, it was it was a good play design to involve the, the uh, fullback in the screen game there and it worked to get him the ball, but he was hit almost as soon as he touched it, if I'm not mistaken, and he he broke the tackle and uh, he he made a nice move to get to the to get to the edge on the outside and he scored. And so the Bills get the ball first. They go like 12 plays. They score uh, 75 yards. So everything looking pretty easy there. And then the Titans get the ball. And you know, after losing at home in that first game, it was kind of gonna be this question of like, who are the Titans? Um, everything I saw from them in the offseason pointed me in the direction of them not being a playoff team anymore. Or if they were, they're going to challenge for the wild card. Uh, I just, I didn't see them moving in the right direction over the last couple of seasons. So I wasn't really afraid in this game. But it is football and we saw, you know, three different teams blow double digit fourth quarter leads on Sunday. And while the Bills aren't one of those teams... The Titans are a very physical team, and they were going to find a way to try to make the game dirty. Not, not necessarily dirty, but uh, just physical in a way that uh, was going to pressure the Bills into playing out of character. And for at least through some of the first half, that was maybe the case. But in the long run, uh, the Bills' overall skill advantage and the overall depth of the team really made a huge difference. But I want to get into at least the Titans' uh first and only touchdown drive because they needed to answer with something and they weren't necessarily looking uh spectacular but they were able to move the ball um and i think what i what i saw here in the very beginning was that the bills came out i think it was on the very first snap uh i don't know it's kind of fast forwarding i'd have to go back and watch but um I, i'm pretty sure it was their first snap maybe the second one but they uh, lined up in a 3-4, it looked to me, because on the other side of the ball, while you had a Tommy Sweeney and Gabe Davis out, you had uh, Tim Settle and Ed Oliver out. And even going into this game, seeing uh, Ed Oliver not being uh, dressed beforehand, one of the comments I had on this game when I did my preview for it was, looking at how the depth of the Bills' interior line rebuild is going to perform in this particular situation because the Bills had gotten run over in a couple of games last year and th that led them to build the D-line the way they did this season. 
And so they went in, they got Tim Settle, and they got Daquan Jones, and they brought back Jordan Phillips. And, uh, you know, with Ed Oliver being out and Tim Settle being out, that leaves it basically Phillips. Uh, Brandon Bryant played some good snaps. Why can I not think of... Oh, yeah, Daquan Jones, obviously, uh, is one of those guys. So just looking at things that were on deck in terms of what I was expecting from this game was how is this new Bills defensive line going to handle the run game with Derrick Henry, who didn't really have a monstrous game in week one. So you kind of figured he was going to have to have some sort of bounce back here. Um, how are how are the Bills going to handle that? And so seeing them come out in what looked to me like a 3-4, putting a lot of linebackers on the field, a lot of speed, a little bit more uh, edge-to-edge coverage in the box, that was an interesting look to me. I might be wrong, but I'd have to go back and look at it, but it looked like that first snap was 3-4, and they didn't really stick with that. They got back to nickel fairly quickly after. Um, but for the most part, those interior guys did a, a fantastic job, and... If you're going to shut down Derrick Henry in that offense uh, from running the ball on the inside, that's exactly what the purpose of redesigning uh, the defensive line scheme was for. And, you know, I think Henry had, what, 30 yards in the whole game? Uh, He had 25 yards in the whole game, and he does end up scoring a touchdown on this drive, but it was not... uh, not the kind of drive that really was impressive at all. The Bills had uh, a couple of bad penalties here. On a second and eight in their own territory, uh, Groot, really unnecessary roughing the passer call. is the right call, but uh, he didn't have to do that at all. And I think Henry had his best carry of the game right after that for nine yards, but the Bills' defense still was mostly uh, holding holding strong they had a lot of tackles for loss uh especially on henry so they were they were cognizant of what they needed to do what they needed to stop they ended up with eight tackles for a loss as a team um and then there was another bad penalty on this drive on the third and 14 from the buffalo 15 uh benford got flagged for something no let's see third and 14 i thought it was a offsides on this play but this is not the play i'm thinking of um, th- oh, this was, yeah, there was a completion down to the one to Westbrook Akine. And for some reason, McDermott wanted to challenge this. And as I watched it, I didn't really think it was a good challenge. Uh, I don't know why other than they knew that if the pass was completed then they were going to be in fourth and one and it was going to be henry's best option to score so maybe it's like i don't hate the challenge but in terms of the booth communicating with sean mcdermott uh it was a pretty clean catch so i'm not sure why they decided to roll the dice other than knowing what the uh fourth and one situation was going to result in but on that drive there was a nice play action to hooper right before that and then poyer i believe dropped an interception um on a first and 10, uh, hit him right in the hand. So that should have been a pick there. That drive should have ended. And so I think maybe that informed the idea of why Sean wanted to challenge that play there because, you know, he could feel the momentum was maybe going to carry them into the end zone. Uh, and ultimately it did, but, uh, you know, the game's tied at seven at that point. 
is what it is. And the Bills get the ball back. And so they come out and they, you know, they were looking good. And then they get into a fourth and one situation well within field goal range. Um, but it's a situation where Moss on third and one gets nothing. And it's just another one of those things where, you know, you get into a third and one situation and you line up to play power football with Zach Moss and he gets nothing. And uh, there was on first and 10, Zach Moss uh, run for no gain again. So if he's going to be the power back, that's the guy that's designed to actually get these short yarded situations. He's going to have to start picking up some of these short yarded situations uh, because so far his effectiveness on the season has looked more so like uh, a finisher when the Bills have the lead. They're going to bring him in and he'll get some get some play here and there. But in terms of being able to just run straight ahead and get a yard, I haven't seen it yet. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen later. But right now, I haven't seen it. So that leaves the Bills in a fourth and one uh, at the Tennessee 31. And I did not like this play call. Um, I don't know exactly what it was supposed to do. Uh, it almost ended disastrously, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been a different play that uh, was the terrible fourth and one. But it, like they wanted to draw Tennessee offside with cadence a lot in this game. Uh, I think they did once, but they also far- false started them one themselves once on this as uh as a result of that hard count so it just it one of the few things in this game where i'm like i have some concerns moving forward is how the bills want to play fourth and one situations as a whole because it doesn't look like they can line up and telegraph a power run with their running back and get it um and that leaves them in a situation where the next most logical thing to do is to run the ball with Josh Allen, but most teams know that's coming, so most teams are going to stack the box. And then I think we saw late in the game they got him on a fourth and one and hit him with that play action touchdown. So that's going to be kind of how the Bills are going to have to operate. Uh, Allen did weaponize his count very, very well, um, but I don't remember if it was this particular play. Yes, it was this play on the fourth and one I'd have to go back and watch it but it was just kind of clunky I think they were in shotgun um and I think it was an initially uh play action handoff up the middle or to Moss cutting to the right and then Allen got pressured and he almost threw a pick six on this play like better off to just take the sack there I mean he's big he's strong but it was one of those plays that we've seen go really really bad in the past and I like that the Bills were aggressive in this situation for sure. Uh, I mean, they could kick the field goal and make it 10-7. Their defense is playing so well. But after giving up the touchdown to Tennessee, I could still see that maybe they wanted to uh, just stay aggressive, put the pressure on the Titans, uh, and kicking a field goal doesn't necessarily send that message. So I'm not upset with them going for it at all. But it just seemed like at least at that stage there was some ghosts of the fourth and one call from last season where Allen slipped and fell that led to the play design in this fourth and one situation. And to me, it just looked like the Bills were playing that fourth down situation a little scared. Um, I like the aggressiveness to want to go for it there, but it just seemed like the play that they wanted to get in there 
was telling the Titans before the snap, we're not confident that we can line up and just power our way to this first down. And ultimately that was the case. And the Titans almost came away with a huge turnover there. Um, but they don't end up with the turnover. Uh, and the Bills defense comes out and holds serve, gets the Bills the ball back. And then they go down the field and they get the field goal. Uh, they end up back at the Tennessee 31 again. This is the false start, I believe. Um, so it's fourth and one at the Tennessee 26. Um, and on third and one, there it was an incomplete pass to Kumro. This was not a good throw by Josh Allen. Threw it straight into the ground. And I think they were just rushing. But again, it was like they just seemed a little out of sync on those short yard situations. Um, maybe too much respect for the Titans' uh, defensive front that had just got run over the week before maybe not having Gabe and uh, Tommy Sweeney in the lineup for this game uh, mattered a lot in these kind of short yardage situations. But this is the uh, the correctly called false start um, that a lot of people booed in the stadium, and I get it, but uh, it was very clearly uh, not a neutral zone infraction by Tennessee. So... I understand it looked like a false start uh, pretty quickly, but it's very clear on the replay that uh, whoever it was that jumped into the neutral zone, supposedly, didn't actually cross over into the neutral zone. And I believe this was after um, Mitch Morse had gotten hurt earlier in this game as well. So this was the backup center. I think it was uh, Van Rotten who ended up uh, touching the defensive player uh, on this false start so that moves into fourth and six at the 31 and they just kicked the field goal here I think you know they learned from the last one but it's it was just an interesting moment of how they approached the first uh, fourth and one situation uh, which was first a third and one that they didn't get so they go to pass next time they are in that third and one situation don't get it end up in fourth and one in tennis deep in Tennessee territory again and rather than again trying to play power football trying to get Josh Allen easy first down here trying to quarterback sneak trying so many different things that are just like straight ahead take advantage of your size and your power they don't do any of that and it results in that false start and they kick the field goal so a little bit of like tentative uh confusing play calling in some of those situations and I don't know if that's ever going to change because the Bills are definitely a pass first team. They're not a power football team in that sense. Like they're not like Tennessee where it's fourth and one. They're going to line up and they're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. Right. Um, but I think there's more wiggle room to do some creative things versus what I saw at that point in the game. But anyway, uh, they go ahead. They kick the field goal. Defense comes out uh, three and outs them again right away uh and it was at this point it was the other uh series before the bills uh kicked the field goal where i was just very impressed by uh dane jackson's coverage and then on this uh this three and out by tennessee i'm looking at it like uh jordan phillips playing some good minutes in the interior he's really getting a lot of good penetration and i don't know if he's going to end up uh, like playing more snaps in general, but this is uh, this is a guy who wanted to come back to Buffalo so bad, and he's really made the most of it. Um, and after that three and out, uh, 
they punt, Bills get the ball back. And this is, I think it was the first play after that three and out. Uh, in in the written version of this, I'm going to put the picture of it up, but they run a shotgun handoff to Singletary. And as much as I think Singletary is the running back one on this team, and he is the best overall running back of the group for the time being, uh, this was a play where he's to Allen's right in shotgun, and the handoff comes to him, and he's crossing in front of Allen's body on the handoff, but the play is blocked really, really well on the right side, and there's a gaping hole, but for some reason he doesn't see it and decides to go left and loses five yards, and that's the kind of play right there where he needs to be separating himself from the other two uh, running backs, and he didn't. And so I'm curious if it was a vision thing, if the play was just designed to go behind the center in general as he crosses in front of Allen on the handoff, and so he's not even looking to the right there, but uh, it's a situation where his vision and his patience needs to take him to the right, and uh, it could have been a huge gain had he actually seen the opening, Um, but it just, it didn't happen. I don't know what he was looking at right there. But uh, I think Kumaro comes in, uh, Knox picks up a first down after that, and then Kumaro uh, has a really nice uh, game uh, gain, sorry, picks up 39 yards. And the Bills' pass protection is looking very good. Allen's growing through his reads uh, very nicely, and they get into scoring range here. And they take a weird penalty, but it ends up being a blessing in disguise. Um, What play did this happen on? There was a play. Where's the penalty? There it is. False start. I don't know. There's a play to the sideline. And Allen's scrambling. Uh, He throws kind of like to the corner of the end zone. And the ball gets picked. Like, straight up, the ball's intercepted, um, and it's just, it's very close, but, like, looking at the replay, he has possession, he gets one foot, he taps the other toe, that ball's a pick, but the Bills smartly uh, rush to the line there, and they take a, a penalty uh, that it, that negates Tennessee's ability to challenge that play. So it's actually a blessing in disguise that they hurry up and they take the bad penalty there because that was an interception. Uh, it was a great play by Hooker uh, to maintain control of that ball to Diggs. It was just, you know, Allen's rolling out to his left, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he tries to find Diggs. The ball's a little behind him, and it just kind of pops up uh, off the hands, and Hooker gets his hands on it. And smartly, that time at least, from the booth down to the field, they communicated that that play is close and that they need to hurry this up so that the Titans do not get the challenge flag out. And it was so close that obviously the Titans didn't necessarily think it was an interception to begin with. It was ruled incomplete on the field. And uh, so the Bills, they, they rush up there and they take a, a bad false start penalty. But, you know, like it doesn't matter. It saves the interception. They get the ball there. Um, but it's a situation where, you know, this could have been a different game. It was 10-7 at that point. If that's a pick and a touchback, then, you know, this game could have have swung the other direction similar to what was going on in the Rams game where the Bills were just you know they were letting the Rams hang around a little bit too much on some on some mistakes and uh so anyway they they don't get the interception there uh it's third and six Knox picks up five and then this is the play action 
comeback route to Diggs. So they're faced with another four and one. They're at the Tennessee four. They're definitely going for it here. And, you know, they've already had two fourth and ones at this point. And I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Um, but they're still at the four yard line. So they're a little bit too far to try and like power it into the end zone. Uh, with Allen from there. I mean, he may be able to scramble and get it in, but it's maybe a little too far for a designed quarterback run. Uh, so they design a play-action play, and Allen rolls out left. Diggs is kind of like streaking across the back of the end zone to the other side. All the all the eyes... This is a... Sorry, it wasn't actually a play-action play. Um, McKenzie comes in motion from the left to draw the defenders in, and as he is moving back to the sideline, there's also a running back on that side. So you're holding the linebacker and you're holding the edge defender there, which allows Diggs to kind of just like work his way back. And it's like all the motion is showing that Allen's really going to throw this screen pass down to the left. And he's looking there and he's looking there and he moves that way and it just isn't there. And Diggs just works his way open in the end zone and Allen finds him across the field uh, wide open for the touchdown. 17-7 at that point. And Tennessee, you know, they don't have anything left inside of a minute. They come out, uh, run a couple plays. Uh, Tannehill gets sacked by Russo. And that ends the half. Um, but the uh, it was on that Groot sack that ends the half. Uh, it was Von Miller coming out, um, creating a, a lot of attention on him. Draws the double team, still beats the double team, I think, and just enough to force Tannehill over to Groot, who picks it up. And it was on that um, that series right there where Dane Jackson got hurt, and that was heading into the half. So I mean, they brought they bring the ambulance out, they take him off the field, uh, and it's 17-7. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm worried about him, and I'm worried about the team, especially. Uh, Edmonds, who was the one who friendly fired him a little bit, is he going to be um, okay to play the rest of the game at this point? Um, you know, is the team, are their heads going to be in the game? I mean, they were winning. There's bigger things than football for sure. Uh, but this is an important game for them too. Uh, and I know they wanted to go out there and to win for him. And so Tennessee gets the ball back to start the half, and they come out in five plays and punt, and that Bills defense is all over them again. Um, Derrick Henry's not really getting anything at that point, uh, and it forced uh, Kyrie Elam into some big minutes, and he's going to be playing big minutes now. I, I don't see Jackson coming back anytime soon, so regardless of uh, his health, I think Elam comes in here and, you know, he may... He may have some moments where it's like he got beat here a couple times, but he's got to learn the hard way, and uh, he will. Christian Benford on the other side has been really good so far, too. Uh, looking at this first drive of the half, the Bills' uh, gap discipline has been very good. Uh, they didn't overreact, and I think what we saw a little bit in the last time these teams played, especially when Henry cracked that long run, where there was definitely a hold that didn't get called, but... On that particular design like there's a little bit of like over aggressiveness so when he cuts back there is a gaping hole for him to go through uh, obviously the hold on Jordan Poyer last year helped make that big hole but Poyer was the only guy left uh, defensively to make that play so 
I think the Bills wanted to do a much better job this time around of just like forcing Henry to run uh, between the hashes as much as possible. And for the most part, they did a fantastic job with it. Um, I think this is on one of these incompletes. This is the one where Hyde uh, took a nice shot at uh, Westbrook Akine. Uh, you know, it's like he eased off at the end. Like he didn't go helmet to helmet. Like he didn't target him or anything like that. He just kind of like turned his back and ran him over like a hockey check. But it was certainly a moment where the Bills were sending a message. It was a it was a overthrown ball, so uncatchable. So you can't really get pass interference on that play. Uh, illegal contact isn't going to come into play. But they could have thrown like an unnecessary roughness flag. We've seen. We've seen other plays get flagged for similar things. Uh, so it was just interesting to see that they didn't want to throw the flag there. It wasn't malicious, but it was definitely, I would say, intentful from Hyde. He wasn't trying to not hit him, but he wasn't trying to take his head off either. Uh, he just wanted to let him know, like, anytime you're coming into my territory, I'm going to punish it. And uh, Tennessee ends up punting there. Bills get the ball back. And, you know, they just, they go to work here. And the protection was excellent. Um, they got sacked on the first play of this drive. Uh, and they picked up an illegal formation penalty that was declined. And then they uh, got another penalty, uh, offensive holding call. So they're in third and 14, like to start the sec or to start this second drive of the half for them or just excuse me to start the first drive of the second half for them and uh allen was incomplete to digs but there was a defensive uh offsides which cut it to third and nine from a third and 14 and allen converted to crowder uh for the first down and i was really hoping that crowder and singletary had bigger games uh in this one just because with Gabriel Davis out, uh, my fantasy teams were in desperate need of some contributions elsewhere. And it just looks like Crowder and McKenzie and Singletary, for the most part, are not going to be super fantasy relevant because of the nature of the timeshare at their positions. Um, so any given day, any of those guys could maybe have a big day, but it was like I needed maybe... A, a touchdown from one of the three guys I was playing to to win and couldn't get it on any of those. I thought Singletary was going to have a much bigger day, but it's always like Singletary starts, he looks good, and then it becomes like the Zach Moss show until the fourth quarter, and then maybe they'll bring in Cook like they did in this game when they're up big. But regardless, uh, Crowder converts that, and we get to the point where... After that uh, conversion takes place, uh, Allen finds Diggs for nine. He finds Diggs again. He he looks for Gilliam and just misses him. But uh, you know he's throwing like a a difficult pass uh, to your fullback who needs to go up and elevate along the sideline. He was open, just not a great throw. But you know it doesn't matter. He comes back and he hits Diggs for the 46 yarder uh, right after that. Bills three and out the Titans again then they come out and they go three and out themselves a little weird um, but that play designed to get Diggs his second touchdown was very nice uh, but the three and outs uh, were a little strange um, at least for the Bills because they come out and they throw on first down he goes incomplete 
he hits McKenzie for nine yards, so they're third and one. I'm sorry, it wasn't uh no, it was a three knocks, there's a penalty. Um and then he throws again. So it's like they're up twenty four seven. This is a situation to really try to run the football at least once. But I think in terms of the way things have gone with this Tennessee team over the last couple of seasons, the Bills wanted to go for the throat when they could. And I also think that they didn't fear this Tennessee team after the first half in the way that maybe they feared some of these other Tennessee teams. Uh, Like the defense was playing so good, the offense was playing so good that they didn't really have much to fear. But regardless, they end up punting here off of a a delay of game penalty on a fourth and one where, again, they're trying to draw the defense off sides. But we get to see Sam Martin for the first time and uh, he comes out and he's a good punter. And I don't uh, this was a muffed punt, I believe. Yeah, recovered by Tyrell Dodson, who uh, is going to be the special teamer for now. But I think his signing was really nice. Uh, He's a good linebacker piece in case anybody gets hurt. Uh, And then the Bills get the ball. They go incomplete, incomplete, sorry, incomplete, short middle to Singletary, and then incomplete to Singletary again. The pass is tipped at the line twice on this drive, so they're really trying to feed the ball over the middle, but Tennessee's defense doing a good job recognizing that. They end up settling for a field goal, but another series where they're coming out throwing. They're looking for the touchdown the whole time. They're not trying to bleed the clock. They're not trying to establish the run game at all here. They're just going for it. And after that, uh, Tennessee throws a pick on the next play. This one was uh, intended for Poyer. Got tipped by Edmonds, tipped by uh, Hyde, I believe, as well. And Poyer comes down with it. So it's hopefully one of those things that's going to help with the uh, incentive package for Jordan Poyer's contract. And so I'm, I'm happy to see him get that interception. And I think on one of these... I think the excuse me the fourth and one where the Bills punted when they're up 24-7 I believe this was the play where Diggs was isolated one-on-one at the bottom of the screen he's calling for the ball the whole time and the Bills were just you know if they were going to go for it that was where they were going to go for it but they tried to get the uh, the cadence to draw the defense off sides they end up punting whatever they end up getting the ball back a couple of plays later after that interception and this is where Zach Moss has his best run of the game for 17 years to start this drive. 17 yards, excuse me, to start this drive. And they go four plays, 51 yards, and uh, Allen finds Diggs for the touchdown here. And I really like this play design because it's basically an RPO where you get Diggs isolated on the outside. And Tennessee wanted to play with fire the whole night, and the Bills recognized it and weren't going to let them get away with it. And that's why Diggs ended up having 12 catches for 150-ish yards and three touchdowns. And on this touchdown, uh, you kind of freeze him with the the handoff inside. And then you just get the one-on-one with Diggs on the outside. And Allen has to throw a laser. And he does. And, you know, it's a little bit of a contested catch. But uh, Diggs is still the better of the two in that situation. Comes down with it for the touchdown. And then the icing on the cake is the Matt Milano pick six coming after that and then you know at that point both teams are just trading punts uh, a couple of three and outs in there and the game ends 41-7 not too uh, not too much later than that Um, but yeah Josh and Diggs just saw the weakness in the Tennessee defense and 
as long as the bills uh, pass protected, like they were going to feast on that all night long. And uh, that's exactly what they did. And if, let me see, this is a game where Allen threw 38 passes. They ran the ball 24 times. As a team, they, they had 40 uh, pass attempts. And I think Allen's one run was a scramble, so we'll call it 41 total pass attempts. And 24, excuse me, run attempts. Sorry, that would be 23 run attempts is 35%. So it's 65-35 in the pass run, which is not terrible. Um, that's a it's a reasonable amount of balance for this Bills offense, and I just don't want to see them getting into like the 75-25 the range because them running the ball is important to setting up their passing, and you saw it on the Diggs touchdown. You saw it on the... You, you saw it on two of the Diggs touchdowns, actually, because one of them was that McKenzie motion where they fake inside to Moss and then look to the flat to McKenzie. So that's set up off of the handoff read. And then the other one on the other side, uh, the, the last touchdown to Diggs was also set up off the handoff read. So the Bills have to be able to run the ball at least somewhat effectively uh, in the long term. And if you, if you take Case Keenum's three carries for two yards out of there, um, the Bills actually run the ball 21 times for 99 yards, so you're getting pretty close to five yards of carry there, which is nice. And I mean, if you're doing that, like that's this is a dangerous Bills team to have to deal with. Um, a couple other interesting lines, even with Diggs out, Knox only had four catches for 41 yards. I expected him to be maybe a little bit more involved, but the matchup with Diggs was just so easy. They, you know, they threw him the ball 14 times. Uh, which is more than three times as much uh, as the next closest guy with Knox, who had five, so almost three times as much. But 12 for 148, three touchdowns, long of 46. I mean, Diggs is cementing himself as one of the very best receivers in the league. Um, and then when you go around, you look at some of the other performances in week two from some of the like ace receivers. I mean, Diggs has got a really good argument that he's up there. I mean, two years ago, he was first in receptions, first in yards. So you could have said that year that he's the best receiver in football. Um, and it looks like he's trying to, uh, to put that up again. And it's his second game with uh, 120 plus yards and multiple touchdowns, or he had one touchdown in week one, but 120 yards, maybe he had nine catches in that game. So, I mean, it's looking like a ridiculous one-two punch. You really can't play man against them. Uh, if you're going to play zone, you have to get pressure, and the Titans were not getting enough pressure to make that happen. Um, Allen finished 26 of 38 for 317, four touchdowns. Uh, he got sacked the one time, so realistically, about as about as perfect of a game as you could have. He did have some like poor incompletions, but for the most part. Uh, nothing to complain about there. defense uh ended up with only two sacks but eight tackles for loss which was really impressive especially with uh derrick henry in the backfield three quarterback hits uh scored touchdown and eight passes defensed by the defense so uh i think one of the interesting things was we got to see sam martin punt for a change and uh i think tennessee muffed two punts in this game because uh, he's got a weird knuckleball-ish type of kick. Uh, he hit a long of 57, averaging 48.3. Good hang time, two inside the 20. So even though the Bills are going for it on fourth down quite a bit, um, it's really nice to have a guy who can punt like that um, 
pin the defense and make it a really hard to catch ball. So, I mean, everything, everything was clicking for the Bills. Defense looked good. They looked better than they did in week one. Uh, I think the Titans are a worse team than the Rams, but the Bills uh, made it look like that as well. But, you know, the Bills have now scored 72 points in two games and only given up 17. So they're they're in that mentality of, you know, seek and destroy. Listening to Von Miller in the postgame uh, about how this team, it, they don't want to just win. They want to dominate every game. They want to win all the time. And, I mean, he's smart enough to realize there's going to be some off nights. But what I said earlier about this looked like a game where the Bills wanted to go for the throat a lot. Um, I don't know if it was just because they saw the weakness in Tennessee or if it's because it was kind of personal with the Titans over the last couple of years, but either way, this is, this is a scary Bills team right now. Um, they're outscoring their opponents by 55 points through, uh, two games and they get the Dolphins next. It's in Miami. The Dolphins had a really nice uh, game against uh, Baltimore, despite being down 21 points in the fourth quarter. I actually picked Miami to win that game because of what I had seen from their offense. I just didn't think they were going to get down that much. Uh, and when they were down 28-7, I was, you know, I thought I was definitely going to lose that pick. But uh, the Dolphins showed exactly why I picked them in the first place. They have a dynamic offense. Uh, I don't think they've played necessarily very good defenses in the first two weeks, but it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, it's in Miami early, uh, so the Bills finally get a regular like morning game after a couple of primetime games, so they're not in the spotlight. Um, so we will have to see if maybe taking a step back from that uh, spotlight and just like getting back to regular business football. You know, maybe that changes things for this team. Maybe it doesn't. I don't. I don't think it does. Um, but Miami is definitely going to be a stiffer test than they were the last couple of seasons. Tyreek Hill has a history of being a, a problem cover for the Bills, so you, you got to look out for him, and you got to know that he's probably going to play well in this game, regardless. I think the key will most likely be getting more pressure on Tua. Um, and limiting Jalen Waddle because like you know the Bills have played the Chiefs enough they've seen Tyreek Hill enough to know that Tyreek Hill is always a problem for them so you got to just accept that he's going to at least do something and you gotta you gotta hit him where where you can and you got to take away the thing that uh, is not Tyreek Hill so bring pressure um, I will say the Titans did a really nice job of max protecting um, for the most part, the Bills only had two sacks because the Titans brought in a lot of like seven man pass protections and then went like play action with three receivers. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how Miami wants to, to approach that. And if the Bills can get pressure onto a, uh, speed up his delivery and just trick him into some coverages, I think the Bills probably still have the advantage in that game it's going to be interesting though just to see uh where the bar is set like how close is miami um to to where the bills are right now and you know i think that's all i got for you my voice held up okay and grabbed a nice hot cup of tea to help me out um I think I covered everything I want to. I didn't really go through the play-by-play -play stuff individually. Um, I think that's fine. 
anything else I can think of. I went through all my notes. Uh, I don't have much else for you. Um, oh, the, the only other thing was with, I think, uh, Micah Hyde came out of the game late as well, but it gave uh, Jaquan Johnson an opportunity to come out and show what we've seen from him in the preseason. Uh, he's he's a pretty good player. I mean, he's not Hyde, he's not Poyer, but when you're when you're filling in and you're kind of like jumping into that overall secondary, um, he he will fill in nicely. But it'll be something to watch if Hyde does not play uh, in this next game. And I think the only other thing was with Cook coming in to kind of close out the the offense for the Bills and just run the ball. Late in the game, it seemed like they finally found where he's going to be most valuable. They designed some really nice edge runs for him. And if he can get to the edge, he starts to uh, get to full speed once he's approaching the edge. So he's a much more dangerous runner uh, approaching the boundary. And I think we finally saw some good play designs for him specifically late in that game. So a couple of things to watch out for. heading into this showdown with Miami. It's a pretty big early season game for both teams because if the Bills win, it kind of reminds the Dolphins like who the kings of the AFC East are for now. And if the Dolphins win, it tells the Bills that, hey, you know, we made a lot of strides in the offseason to compete with you guys and we're right here. So it's going to be a long season regardless. Um, But I'm really happy with what I saw in week two. The Bills just need to go out there and not beat themselves and play to their identity. And uh, I don't see too many teams beating them. The Bills are really deep. Uh, they're really talented. They play together. They know who they are. And they've been working towards this for a while. So until next time, you know, be well, stay safe. And of course, as always, go Bills. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. I know you've got a lot of choices when it comes to your Bills Mafia content, and I still believe word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed what I'm doing, please tell somebody. But liking and subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts, also helps out too. This show is an extension of thescheist.com, and you can contact me at info at or at scheistpodcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills!